Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and this is how I know that this is something that needs to be done, dealt with, addressed, because anytime the enemy is about to be exposed, adversity hits, and it hits pretty hard. So this is now officially my third attempt to tell my truth. My third attempt to tell my truth. And so I'm going to go forward. If you hear anything in the background, please discard it, disregard it. Because at this point, I'm doing it unapologetically. So y'all know how we do it. However... If you are easily offended, please log off now. That is my PSA announcement because the subject that I'm about to touch on can be very sensitive. It can be a trigger for some that are still in hiding. So therefore, if you are easily triggered, please log off now and do not go forward with listening to this episode. But y'all know how I do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. The name of this poem is entitled Stay Committed. And it says, We weren't truly meant to be. This is the point I've been making. You said that you wanted me, but true desire is what you were lacking. I once believed when I married you that it was the right thing to do. This was my wholehearted truth. That is, until I saw your fruit. You placed my life in danger more than once. In ignorance, I chose to fight for us and stay the course. I believed that God had ordained us. And once married, I did not want a divorce. So I gave my all to the possibilities, but then you started neglecting me. Lust was a sin that you refused to give up. But what I once thought was a woman turned out to be a man. What? When I discovered this, I prayed for your deliverance. I wholeheartedly trusted God to save you and fix it. You started disappearing while I was with child. You stole from your family to provide for him the whole time. This caused us to be homeless in the end. Huh, you left us and then you moved in with him. Our baby was only a few days old when the whole situation started to unfold. In my opinion, you'd rather that he keep you warm than to keep your family in from the cold. You ran behind a man. You honestly took my love for granted. You showed no remorse and your family you abandoned. How could you do someone that way and then expect them to stay? Commitment is what I asked of you. We made a vow. This we both knew. Disappearing became your claim to fame. Many days I wondered why I wanted your last name. 
You said that God told you that I was the one, your wife, your rib, and the mother of your son. But you chose to treat me so very badly. You often practiced to deceive me, which is hard to believe even now because I survived that somehow. I tried to warn you about that man, but you turned on me in the end. You neglected your family more than once. Maybe you never really cared about us. I prayed for your focus. I prayed for your soul. But rather than be honest, it was lies you told. By the grace of God, I am disease free. But going through that really did hurt me. I wholeheartedly desired your honesty. But you said I couldn't handle the truth boldly. Sadly, I had hoped for a future with you. I really did love you. And I thought you loved me too. I asked you to stay committed to me so that you and I could stay married. And together we could raise our baby. But finding out about you actually delivered me. Now it's truly plain to see that you and I weren't meant to be. You refused to stay committed to me. So now I am raising our child alone. So I wanted to talk to this subject of living a double life. And I wanted to discuss this because it's been brought to my attention in more ways than one that I am not the only victim of that situation. And I praise God that I became a victor, but it happened to me in the form of this more than one time. So I've started to do research, homework, whatever you want to call it, to figure out why would I be the choice of someone making me their beard for the sake of covering up their proclivities. And I have gone as far as to consult with ministers because I understand that we battle not against flesh and blood. I understand that we battle against principalities of the air and high places. I get that. However, to ensure that I don't fall in the same trap, to ensure that I don't make the same mistake, this time I wanted to equip myself with knowledge and power. And by doing so, I hope that I can also equip you to do the same. So I looked up what being a beard meant. And for those of you that don't know, it's a cover up. So you can be a beard knowingly or unknowingly. So according to the definitions that I found, one said often in the early mid 20th century, a beard companion was used by homosexual individuals to conceal one's sexual orientation. Beard is an American slang term describing a person who is used knowingly or unknowingly as a date, romantic partner, boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse, either to conceal infidelity or to conceal one's sexual orientation. 
The term also refers in some areas to anyone who acted on behalf of another in any um, transaction to conceal a person's true identity. The term can be used in heterosexual and homosexual contexts, but it is especially used within the LGBTQ culture. And something came to mind when I was doing this research. It wasn't just my past relationship. It was also a couple of other times. But this one particular time, there was the gentleman that pursued me. Unbeknownst to me, he was pursuing me because I fit the mold of the, I guess, perfect beard. I guess. And so he did not divulge to me that that was his intention. In fact, he did the opposite and he pursued me, courted me, um, took me on dates, lavish places. He took me out to eat, lavish, you know, just everything, the whole nine. And every, you know, photos on social, uh, social media, all of that. So, you know, I remember a couple of people insinuating or thinking that he and I were going to become a couple because every time they looked up, we were going somewhere together. We were hanging out. And he never kissed me. He never, um, he never, it was never anything sexual. But what he would do if he thought that he saw me looking at another guy or whatever, he would get jealous. Um, and then he just, it was just mixed signals the whole time. Well, later on, because we never got involved, but later on, um, his truth came to light. And I was being the beard because he actually was involved with a married man. After he ended that relationship, he ended up moving in with his new lover. So now he's out of the closet, so to speak. But it wasn't a bisexual thing. It, he literally was a homosexual. And so um, I was like, wow, what is it, Lord? This, this has happened to me more than once. What is it about me that would make a man think that it is okay to pretend like he is pursuing me um, to build a future with me when in all actuality, he's just using me to cover up his proclivities. And so when I started looking at the actions of these particular people, what I noticed was what I'm about to share with you, because I, like I said, I went to seek information, gain some information from ministers, male ministers, because women cannot answer for men, just like men cannot answer for women. So I wanted to get a male's perspective. And this is the information that I received. There is a difference in a man practicing abstinence Versus not being interested in you. There is a difference in him trying to be righteous in God and him not being interested in you. And these are the signs that you look for. Now, keep in mind, it goes on both ends of the spectrum, because when you're being pursued, that is an indication that you have interested the person. But a lot of times, whenever you have interested the person, they have already figured you out and figured that you would be the perfect prey. You would be the perfect person for their cover up. 
And by being the perfect person for their cover up, they may go to the opposite extreme, which is wooing you, whining and dining you, pampering you, catering to you, all of that. So it can go either way. It can go where there's distance because they're not interested or it can go. I'm interested because I need you as my cover up, as my beard. And so I'm going to do all of these things to make you feel so special. You're not even going to see it. It's not even going to hit you. By the time you realize it, the, the mission has been accomplished. And so these are some of the signs to look for. If he is not trying to hug you or touch your hand, he's not interested. Um, if he's not trying to place a kiss on your cheek, your forehead, your hand, he's not interested. If he is switching more than you as a lady, he does not want you. If his hand gestures keep bending every time he talks. Now, this is these this is advice from an, a couple of ministers. A man can be sensitive and still be manly. So always keep that in mind. He can have a sensitive side, but if he's a man's man, he's going to still be manly. Although he may cry every once in a while. That's okay. If he smacks his lips more than you. And if you have been dating any amount of time and y'all have had a full body hug and he does not become erect. That is a very strong indication that he is not into you or attracted to you, but he very well may need you to cover up for him. And so not only that is is critical that we begin to ask these questions. And one of the things that we should start to implement when dating, one of there's a couple of questions. And you got to be really careful how you ask the questions because people are very, very sensitive when it comes to their sexuality. However, one of the critical questions to ask is about their sexual past. I know I touched on it yesterday when I said, or maybe a couple of days ago when I said on one of the episodes, um, you know, did you kiss a boy and you like it? Did you kiss a girl and you liked it? I was kind of joking or whatever, but no, that's the truth. Um, have you been violated when, uh, as a child, was it a, you know, same sex violation? Um, was it the opposite sex violation? Like those things need to be discussed. Trauma, any type of sexual trauma. Have you been raped? Have you been molested? Have you been involved in a threesome? Have you been involved in an orgy? These things need to be discussed. What are your views about pornography? These things need to be discussed. Whenever you have watched pornography, are you watching the same sex pornography? Are you watching the are you watching the opposite sex pornography? What are your views about strip clubs? What are your views about gay bars? These are conversations that need to be had. Because a lot of times what we're doing, we are ignoring the signs. There may be things that are said. There may be the homophobia that will present itself. And you're thinking that it's a homophobia because they're actually homophobic. When in all actuality, they're trying not to be exposed by the homosexual that they've crossed their paths with. 
So you have to be mindful. It's, these are things that we don't talk about in church. These are things that we really don't even talk about at home. <laughs> we don't talk about this stuff. And so um, learning the hard way, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. Trust me when I tell you. And so, um, so that is what I wanted to do. I wanted to touch base and just really talk about this subject um, because it's necessary. It is so necessary. Um, future hubby, I am going to be as real and wise as I possibly can concerning when we meet each other, when our paths cross. Um, but this is also like a PSA announcement. I don't know how I'm going to who I don't know if my future hubby will ever listen to my podcast fi- before he ever meets me. But if you are someone that finds yourself attracted to Teresa Reese, but if you have those tendencies, please do me a favor and do not DM me. Do not pursue me. Save me that heartache and pain Um, because I try my best not to be a private investigator, (laughs) but I feel like with women, that's just what we are. I feel like it's just within us. We investigate things. And I remember I had um, found this. Literally, I had told a friend of mine when I was involved in this situation um, and I told my friend, I said, I think he's on the down low. And so she told me that there was a book, How to Tell If Your Man Is on the Down Low. So she brought me the book and we were, you know, residing together, living together still at that time. And so when she brought me the book, I probably only read two pages. Well, when I went to go look for the book, I couldn't find the book. And he hid the book from me for two weeks. When I finally confronted him, because I looked all over for it, couldn't find it. He looked at me and said, I'm only going to give you the book if you give it back to her because you can't handle the truth. It's crazy how those words can come out of somebody's mouth as clearly as they came out of his mouth. And I still did not pay attention. I heard him, but I didn't hear him. And I paid for it by having to find out the hard way. That is a very tough position to be in. I had a, a whole nervous breakdown behind that when everything started coming to the light. And I remember there was a conversation that one of my guy friends, we're still friends to this day, he had told me because I, I was just expressing myself. That's all I was doing. You know, we had lived, we were living together, had children together. And I was just expressing myself to him. And um, I was telling him how I had a doctor's visit and how the doctor was telling me that I'd have to be I'd have to refrain from sex for six weeks. And I literally looked at my doctor and told him um, that's not going to be a problem. We can be in the same room. I could have just gotten out the shower and he won't even he won't even flinch. He won't try to attack me. He won't do nothing. He'll just look and go on about his business. And he turned, the doctor, my OBGYN, turned around and said, that is not normal. Still went over my head. 
remember, I didn't have a whole bunch of father daughter conversations. I didn't have, a, you know, so I didn't have anything to base everything that I was experiencing off of. So I literally, a lot of the lessons that I learned, I had to learn them the hard way because I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anyone in my corner telling me about relationships. So a lot of the lessons that I learned in relationships were the hard way. And I remember telling my guy friend what the OBGYN said, and he turned around because we used to work together. So he turns and he looks at me and he says, Teresa, that is not normal. He's right. It's not. Because as a man, I wish you would come out of the shower and you're butt naked. I'm going to do everything I can to jump your bones. Like, so why is it that he wouldn't? Yeah, something is wrong with that. Something is wrong with that. And how long have you been putting up with that? And it's like people were telling me I had my cousin come up to me and tell me, Teresa, just so you know, he's gay. I had other people come even my children, just so you know, he's gay. But I was not, I guess I wasn't ready for that or I didn't want to believe that or I talked myself out of it. I don't know. But at the end of the day, the signs were there, but I chose to ignore them. And I'm not sharing this to destroy a relationship. I'm sharing this to prevent you from entering into a relationship that is built on lies. Because there's so many people, and it's sad to say, I'm actually watching a documentary right now where a man literally, and I, I said, see, this is why I got to talk about this. This is why I got to talk about this. Is because in the documentary, he married a woman had children by the woman, and then later on ended up telling her, I've never felt fully like a man. I'm, I want to be a woman. Now that could, even though it took her a minute to heal, and even though she started helping him and showing him, you know, how to be the best version of a woman that he could be, that's pain that she could have avoided had he just told his truth in the very beginning. In the very beginning. And so that is the thing that I'm trying to do is to help some of us not go through what we're going through because there are other people that don't want to be completely honest with what it is that they're going through. If you have a question about your sexuality, if you have a question about your true identity, why involve an innocent person? Why not deal with those issues? Why not go seek counseling? Maybe even in your group, your support group, you meet someone like-minded just like you that you can yoke up with because y'all are considered equally yoked. Instead of involving someone that does not co-sign to be a part of that equation. I just think that is very unfair and I believe that it's very unhealthy and it's so unsafe. And so that's the reason why I'm sharing this is because it's never truly talked about. It may be talked about behind closed doors, but it's never truly openly talked about. And don't get me wrong. I have a gay daughter and I have a gay son. I love my children. I love people, all people, 
But at the same time, they are walking their truths. And I believe that's what makes it different is that they're, they are, they're walking their truths. If you have a conversation with them, you find out, okay, this is, this is what I identify with. I have a sister who is gay. She is living her truth. There's just something, and I know what it's like when you don't live your truth because I've witnessed that too. I've witnessed the hell that she went through when she wasn't living her truth. I witnessed what, like how much, how damaging it was to her to live the lie for the sake of people pleasing. I witnessed that too. So it's, I just feel like you owe it to yourself as well as others to just be you. But if you cannot be you, if you're not ready to be your full authentic self, how about not involving someone else that has no idea that you are battling with this crisis? How about not getting them so caught up that they fall in love with you, have children by you. Now we got innocent children that are affected by this because someone chose not to be completely honest. I just really think that you do all the people involved a disservice. It's, it's like being an actor. Because when I'm watching this documentary, I'm like, he was an all-out actor. Convinced her. Fell in, she fell in love. She left a state. Did all this stuff to be with this man who eventually decided to tell her the truth. And it was, I never really wanted to be a man to begin with. Wouldn't that dialogue been totally different? Had he started off in that conversation, wouldn't her guards been up or wouldn't she, you know, yes, I know they wouldn't have had all the beautiful children that they did, but it could have saved her so many tears. It could have saved her so much heartache. And then they lived a life uh, based on what this documentary is saying. The children lived a life where they moved 21 times in two years or something like that. I'm like, really? Like, is it worth all of that? Living a lie. Is it really worth all of that to live a lie? I just feel like we would feel so much better if we just lived in our truth unapologetically. Truth. Truth. That's what's going to make us free. This is the end of my podcast, but y'all know who I, how I do it. I have got to read a letter to my future hubby. And, and let me go ahead and do that again. If I offended someone, I do apologize. That was not my intention, but this was something that I felt like needed to be shared. And this is my story. You may have a different story and you are more than welcome to create your own podcast at anchor.fm and share your truth. So here's my letter. Dear future hubby, one of the hardest things for a person to do during the healing process what is it? What? Hold on. <laughs> I done lost my own. Maybe. Let me see. One of the hardest things for a person to do during the healing process. Well, I guess that's how we started. However, during my healing process, I have been forced to look deeper into my past. This process isn't always easy. The journey to healing and self-awareness doesn't always look pretty, but it is very necessary. During this most recent look into my past, I was reminded how important journaling is. As a child and as a teenager, I used to journal all of the time. In my late 20s and in my early 30s, I also journaled a lot. However, post my divorce, I stopped writing as much. 
Not quite certain why I stopped. However, I am grateful that I am getting back to journaling. If you are a person who journals, I hope you are journaling your journey in singleness. Maybe we can look over the dates in the future and see what each of us were experiencing during the waiting period. Right now in Austin, Texas, we are in the midst of a snowstorm. Today is day three of us receiving this cold weather. The time is mid-afternoon. I have taken a break from my primary job to mourn the loss of my grandfather. I have been reflecting on so much these past few weeks. One thing that stands out is that I don't want to repeat the same mistakes I've made in the past. I have been seeking God's face like never before, partly because so much is happening in this world today. From a pandemic to deaths in the family to a snowstorm in Texas, only by God's grace have we had water and electricity when others haven't. God woke me up out of my sleep and told me to cook in preparation for what's to come. Thank God I obeyed because around 2.30 p.m. we lost access to our water. But I cooked two pots of chicken, broccoli, and rice casserole. Yes, God continues to order my steps. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have a blessed and wonderful evening. You've got to love yourself. I guess that's where it really starts. You, you got to love yourself. If you don't know how to love yourself, ask God to direct you. Read books. Figure it out. But hurt people really do hurt other people. And... The way this world is set up right now, I guess I'm just tired of being hurt. You should be too. So I hope that you're doing something to encourage yourself, to love on yourself, to remind yourself that you are significant and that your truth matters. So do me a huge favor. Take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.